I'm Nicholas J. Hearn from EditorCord.com, and you're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Ready to conceive solutions to problems in an atmosphere free of political correctness? Find a new sense of purpose at wadesense.com. That's wadesense.com. Welcome, everyone, to Wade Sense, the podcast. I am your host, Wade B. Olson, the Sage of St. Louis. Across from me sits Mr. Mike Wilkerson, the technical savior of this program, because trust me, if it wasn't for him, I'd be a gibbering idiot. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, dude. Not a problem. Well, we're just coming off of the holiday. I hope yours was good. But before I do anything, I need to do something right now. I need to send out a very sincere thank you to the staff of St. Mary's Hospital. I was in their very capable hands last week. I put myself into the hospital at, I went to the emergency room at two o'clock in the morning last Tuesday, thinking that I was having a heart attack. And apparently I wasn't too far off the mark because the very next day I went in for a heart catheterization, which is, it's absolutely flabbergastingly uh, phenomenal. It, it, it is a miracle. I mean, 15 years ago, what they did to me, they had to do an open heart surgery. And this doctor did in less than two hours from start to finish. Well, I know. I was I was amazed. I mean, you can't even see the scar when they went in on my wrist. It, it looks like a pimple it got popped. It's, sure. it's insane. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wanted to send a very sincere thank you out. Other than that, how was your holiday? What did you guys end up doing? What is this holiday you speak of? <laughs> All Hallows' Eve, sir. Halloween. Oh, I, see, I, I don't have it off. There's no there's no less work for the holiday, quote-unquote, that goes on. So, uh, okay, well, I didn't have a holiday, dude. Uh, well, I'm talking about th- that evening. Nobody gets Halloween off. Did you do anything particular? Anything special? There is. There is something I can talk about. Not in detail yet, but I'll give you the roundabout umbrella version. Gotcha. Go ahead. Okay. The umbrella version is that I'm working with a series of local radio talents to finally help them resurrect themselves out of the radio doldrum. Excellent. Uh, The radio doldrum consists of there are numerous radio stations locally, all of which have no idea how to deal with talent except what they've been doing for the last... 40, 50 years. Driving them into the dirt? With It's worse than that, really, in most cases. Mm-hmm. And what the what the talent, the content creators, mm-hmm. don't realize is that they are the content creators. Mm-hmm. In many cases, there are still vestiges of energy left in them, along with stories and connections and the ability to go and grab real, you know, salient interviews mm-hmm. that will make sense to a, probably a brand new audience. Yeah. And the guy that I met with this last weekend already has an existing established audience. He's been shopping around his talents to a variety of radio stations, and all of them either want to bend him over or are lying to him outright. Mm. The fact about radio is that in many cases there's no way to actually measure what's going on inside of radio. And they won't tell you that. They'll just give you some numbers. And when you say, well, how is that measured? They talk about this magical device that lives on people's belts. And I don't know about you, but it's kind of like the Nielsen family thing. Yeah. Though I know that that is real. Oh, yes. I've seen I've seen the Nielsen boxes, and there is a website you can go to, and there are there are reports that you can see. Okay. The reports that I've never seen, however, are the ones that are supposed to exist from this magical belt magic technology for radio. Uh-huh. And so when somebody says, yeah, we've got about 800,000 people that listen in the course of three or four hours time during whatever o'clock to whatever o'clock. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
like where's the report where and, and where's the consistent reporting on that so that I can see some trends yeah so like if I want my show to appear in the morning what kind of audience do I get there over the course of six months okay okay well if you can't show me that what are we talking about very true Right and now. that's always been the problem with radio. Um, I, in fact, I, it's almost a call to the audience quick. Those of you that are in radio and would like to help me understand the picture a little bit better, I'm thirsty to understand the radio picture because I've never understood it. Now, now I'm picking up that thirst as well. So, yeah, we'd absolutely love to hear from you. <clears throat> Be sure you contact us over at wadesense.com. Just hit the contact button, fill out the quick web form, and tell us the magical piece that you know that... I can't find anybody else that knows it either. Um, anyway, the, the gist is that I, I met with that gentleman, and my hope is that now that we've shown him how collecting interviews and working on his own schedule and not having to have the radio station be the fulcrum of what he's doing as a profession, right? the, the light bulb moments that we had were wonderful, and it just so happened that it was on, on Halloween that I met with him. Oh, well, great. Yeah. And I know who you're talking about, so I really do hope this works out. Because Me I too. Listen, I listened to the gentleman in the past. He's got a lot of talent and a lot of passion. Yeah, he's very good. So, so that would be a great thing. But anyway, uh, back to my Halloween, I went to a little place called Newtown, uh, which is just north of St. Charles, which is just outside of St. Louis, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm driving out there, and it's kind of gotten the reputation locally as being type of kind of a, a Stepford Wives type situation because, you know, it's just, quote, unquote, it's just uh, – Rich, upper-class, white people living in a set community, and everybody's got rules, and all the houses are cookie-cutter, and blah, 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 blah. But as I'm driving out there, and I'm saying to my wife, it's like, I've got zero desire to ever live in this kind of a setup. But then we get out there, and I start looking around. No, it's really picturesque. The people are very friendly. I mean, it it had that Mayberry-esque type uh, feeling to it, Mm -hmm. but I mean... It was really pleasant, and and it wasn't just white people. It was it was everybody. They were all there with their kids, and they're running around. People got their houses dolled up, really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. But I started to see something else, and and my um, I was out there to see my 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 ex wife with, with my grandkids as well. And I'm talking to her husband, and we're walking along, and he's he's pointing things out, and it's like there was a an economic model. I don't know whether it became or it was just accidental. Where a hundred years ago, you'd go in and you see it in St. Louis now, you still see the remnants of it, where they mixed commercial and residential very, very easily. And it was very convenient. You'd go to just, and you can go to any old neighborhood and you can see that there's a corner store or corner stores that are there available for people in the neighborhood. And that's largely disappeared, I think, probably in about the 50s. They started laying out communities, and the last thing there was was anything commercial. You have to get in your car and drive someplace to get to it. But they've done that again in Newtown. And, I mean, it was like like my ex is living from 500 feet away from a, a, a little bakery and a coffee store. There's a wine bar right around the corner. They've got concerts that they do out there weekly. So I went in the space of two hours from no way in hell to, yeah, I think I could kind of see me living out here. Sure. But I just thought it was so cool how they brought back an economic model that worked 100 years ago. Maybe, like I said, it was just accidentally how it happened, and they were doing it this time. Because, like, my ex is right below her is an insurance office. And it was like that for a lot of the apartments that they've got the, the, the model right underneath it. So I thought that was really cool. I thought that I would point that out. So and, and we no, just no, had a new, great time. Newtown is a very interesting model. We'll link up to the the space and the the effort inside the show notes for this episode. And I remember going to Newtown right after it opened. Mm, okay. And going to a series of chamber events that are there. 
There was even a, a local annual event that was there that they've since canceled, but, you know, events come and go. Right. Uh, but it was part of that schedule that they had out there. To, and, and, you know, the the stage and little presentation area, or stages, actually, there's a, a multi-stage facility that they have there. Yeah, so there you uh, That is in tandem so that all of those little tiny businesses that you talked about inside the, like, the centerpiece, their main street, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Yeah. They all benefit from not only everybody driving by them regularly, but you could also walk to them if you want to. So I, I get the gist. Yeah. I, I think I think probably where I would go is like, as long as those are also options mm-hmm. and there's somewhere else to go and shop, I right. think I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because eventually those stores are either going to suck or close or something. You know, it's just, it's the tide of business. They seem to all be doing quite well. And uh, my uh, uh, ex's husband said that they're like unbelievably busy during the weekend. Like just thousands of people coming out there and going to concerts and milling around and buying stuff. And like he said, you know, he gets a cup of coffee from this place just right around the corner every day on his way to work. So it's like, I think it's it's just cool. I, I personally, I hope that that comes back in the future. I really, really do. Well, and remember that that's not something new. Newtown is at least a decade old now. Yeah. Okay, but it's a new economic model. It's a new economic slash commercial model, yeah. residential commercial model. I, I guess the way I look at it is like, where's the other ten new towns that they would have developed it was if it was so awesome? Well, that's true. Now they might be doing in other parts of the country. That's what yeah. I would I would like to know that. Yeah. If anybody out there does know that, once again, go to wedsense.com and uh, let us know. I know, Mike, that we said from the very beginning that we wanted to constantly stay with things that were relevant as opposed to topical. Uh, Sometimes that's really hard to do, and this is one of them. But I do believe that this is, uh, unfortunately, at least for the near future, going to constantly be relevant, and that is the issue of our borders. And I started thinking about this and really looking at it. The title for this topic is... How do we turn America from being an immigration magnet? Now, I can't wait to see how you actually wordsmith that into something a little less clunky. Sure. But uh, And the thing that really got me thinking about this was this caravan that is coming north right now. As, as we record, it's I probably a day or two, depending upon the trucking, them hitting the border. And it's going to be a, a showdown. But I just I, I can't believe that America is such an attractant that when Mexico says to this group, look, we'll give you temporary housing and work permits and basically everything that you said that you're coming to America for. Mm-hmm. And they say, no, nah, screw that. We're going to America, even though America is saying, hey, listen, we're not letting you in and we're putting you know guards on the border. I remember something that uh, I remember seeing a video of uh, uh, Milton Friedman, the economist. Is it Milton Friedman? Did I get that right? Do you know who I'm talking about at all? Uh, well, hopefully I'm getting the name right. Anyway, it was something that he said that America for decades had no issue with immigration because there were no benefits to being an immigrant other than coming and partaking of the opportunity that everybody had. But now it's like people come across the border illegally or otherwise – and immediately they're offered, you know, welfare benefits and housing and this and that. And it's just it's one goodie after another. Meanwhile, we've still got our own people on the street homeless. Veterans, children, people that for whatever reason are, are down in their luck. And I, I can't see taking care of people that are coming in from outside when we've got people that are our own citizens that we need to take care of. So I started to think about this and... It's like we we need to to turn off the magnet that is bringing people here and 
you know, like the president's talking about, really start to do our immigration on the basis of merit. You know, what is it that you're everybody else, every major country in the world, uh, industrialized nation, uh, first world, whatever you want to call it, has got stipulations for you being uh, coming into the country. Hell, Mexico's one of them. If you're going to be a Mexican citizen, you better understand that you're coming in. Uh, you need to bring about $50,000 worth to show that you and, and promise that you plan on investing it. If you're coming in, you need to understand that uh, you're not waving other people's flags. You are a Mexican citizen. One stipulation after another. Australia is the same way. It's like, what are you bringing and how much money are you bringing before you come into our country? Why? I don't, I, I don't want to know. I don't want to jump on the yeah, but train. But no, what? Go ahead. Australia is not the same as the U.S. One, they're not connected to anybody. No, you don't get on a boat and go. I think I'm going to go to Australia today, and you just show up there. No. Okay. So I, I don't, I don't consider that a one to one. Well, no, it depends. If you're on that side of the world and in your country things are going really crappy and Australia, it's not for the most part. It's a free country. There's a lot of economic opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's another magnet as well. But Australia at least is, is, is bright enough to realize that uh, we're not going to be overwhelmed by bringing in a, a ton of people. See, that all changed in this country in 1975. In 75, oh, we went – what? Go ahead. Dude, tw- let, let's say whatever this caravan is going to turn into, let's just be really idiotic and go, and the 25,000 people that are going to be inside this caravan. Right. There's one big thing that's preventing them from going to Australia this week. Ocean. The, yeah, ocean. And that's not the case with us. That's why we do need – That's why we <laughs> well, that's do what need, I'm saying. I, I, yeah. Putting them in a, in a one-to-one discussion, I, I, I can't fathom that. Well, that's it, why – It's not one-to-one. Yeah. If, it's, if we're talking five people, yeah, maybe – Right. No, but if we're talking thousands, thousands of and there's people. two more no. caravans that are actually forming right now in uh, Guatemala and Honduras, it, it's like they're just like, yeah, they're not going to do anything. So, you know, I, I, I love the tough stance on the border. But at the same time, if you turn off the magnet, which is what this show's topic is all about, yeah. and I have ideas on how to do that. Uh, okay. Number one, first off, right now with this present current situation, there are non-lethal measures that you can do that will drive people away. Um, noise. Um, um, stench warfare, and and this actually does exist, and it, it actually goes back quite a ways. Uh, in World War II, they were experimenting with something they loosely, affectionately called "who me," uh, and it was it was. It's about, but the only problem was is that the stench was so powerful that the, even the person that applied it ended up getting on them, and it was. But but stench warfare has been around a long time. As far as noise warfare, and I just learned this. You'll you'll find this kind of comical. Remember Norega in uh, uh, Panama? Mm-hmm. Okay. They weren't supposed to do it, but at that time, the uh, U.S. military, to drive him out, played um, ACDC's Hell's Bells at top volume for, sure. I don't remember how many days in a row it was, mm-hmm. before he finally just said, that's it. Sure. Hell, they I did the same thing at uh, Guantanamo. Okay. But what I'm saying is, if you can do that, between, uh, uh, they've proven uh, scientifically that if people smell something that it smells just horrible, they'll run for it in fear if they can't even recognize oh, it. The problem is that after three weeks of no bathing and heading in one direction quickly... Um, Dude, there's a, there's a difference between B.O. and something that smells like rotting death. I mean, there, there's I, orders out there that are just horrible. I, I agreed. But between, but between that and noise cannons, you can drive people away non-lethally, and mm-hmm. then there's not going to be an, an Ohio State uh, – or, or Kent State in Ohio, the whole, you know, accidentally shooting this, the, the, the students, 1975. Any, any of this ringing a bell? A little bit. A little bit? Okay. Anyway, we don't want that on the border because I can see that really blowing up. 
And without a doubt, the border wall does need to go up, just for no other reason, stopping the drug traffic, uh, people walking up the border, not being able to just cross in. There's any number of reasons. I mean, border walls don't work. And we've already discussed this in other shows, so I'm not really going to get into that. Like I said, it's about turning off the magnet. One of the things is they do have the E-Verify system where if you you come into the U.S. and you're illegal, if you can't pass this, then you don't get a job, you don't get anything, you might as well just go back home. Also, if you, as an immigrant, commit a crime, anything other than a speeding ticket or something like that, then the whole thing is revoked and you're going back across and you're not coming back. So that is going to find people that are serious about becoming citizens. Also, and this is an idea I had, people that are going to object to this and think that it's non-humanitarian. What got me onto this whole topic was, did you ever see the uh, the, the gumball video? We'll, we'll, we'll link to it in, in show notes. But it was a professor that he just had piles and piles of gumballs and he was showing with a brandy snifter, like, here's America, and every year they give us, there's a million, okay, a million immigrants come in, become citizens. And over on one side, he's stacking stacks and stacks and stacks of gumballs. Each one's representing a million. Something like three billion people on the planet earn less than, like, $3 a day. Just insane poverty. Mm -hmm. But he said, you know, even if we upped it, even if we did, like, two million more a year, that is quickly going to upset uh, our resources and our national structure. The only cure to actually fixing the poverty in the world is to export capitalism to the rest of the world. And enough people, when, when you see this, that, that it's absolutely pointless, that you're not even making a dent. That's the kind of mentality that needs to get across to people so that they understand. But my idea is when you've got people that are screaming and howling that this is unfair, how can you do this, these people are just trying to come in, then it's a skin-in-the-game type situation that I've got an idea for. It's like, fine, if you want to sponsor refugees coming into the country, then you need to understand something. You're sponsoring them. They are your responsibility. If a crime happens, if something is broken or stolen or, God forbid, somebody gets killed, their punishment is yours. So if you want to bring these people in because it's the right thing to do, Fine, then understand it's your responsibility, not everybody else's that just wants to take care of the people that are here to begin with. What do you think? Hold poke poke away, please, sir. All right, the first one is that I don't think this is topical at all. I mean, obviously, we're looking at a news machine that is preying upon it. Well, right now it's topical. Right now it's topical. Well, that's the problem, though, is that this is not something that should be topical ever. It should always be on. This is a piece of the vigilance that is completely missing from our country currently. Mm-hmm. It's one of the it's one of the pinnacles of why people voted for Trump for one. Right. Not just because hey build the wall. It's not just that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I support them building a wall mm-hmm. does not mean I'm an instant everything that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth supporter. No. That's that's one of the big things. But the protections and making sure that there is not only a plan for people that come to the country, but actually a physical barrier that needs to be met, whether it be personnel or an actual physical wall that must either be run through a, a portcullis mm-hmm. or you're going to try climbing over and get caught or right, exactly. hung up in whatever the hell they're making out, it out of. I, I, I don't, I, I literally have not looked at the details of the walls that they're building because 
I'm waiting for the official green light as to, and now it's all going to go up. Well, and, pretty much most of the models that I've seen, it's mm-hmm. at least 30 feet tall. And one of the things that I saw in most models was it's rounded at the top so that you can't throw um, uh, uh, one of those. Grappling uh, hook. Grappling hook, yeah. It won't work. So if it's 30 feet tall. You can't use a grappling hook. Uh, most of them I've seen, you can't see through as well. So, I mean, these are models that make sense. But once again, at the same time, if we turn off the immigration magnet, no one's going to try and go for the damn thing. Uh, See, I I don't agree with that. Because how long will it take for the immigration magnet, quote unquote, Uh to filter down to people and know that now there's no reason to go to the United States when... That same news cycle, that same media that you we've been talking about forever on right, the show, right? All of them have the propensity to show that to everybody every single day, and it's an instant magnet. Mm. How do you propose that we shut all of that off? And there is no way to shut it all off. So no matter what we say, and the biggest reason is because right now, Wade, any of those people coming over, yeah, there's already a series of rules that they have to follow to come into our country, right? And you know how many they're going to follow? Next to none, right? Right. But see, that comes back to education as well. Like so many Americans are under the very uh, false belief that somebody coming into this country has the same benefits that they do. In other words, i.e. the Bill of Rights. Our Constitution applies to our citizens, period. Right. End of story. The Nobody Constitution else. and the Bill of Rights applies to our citizens, yes. The opportunity that all of our citizens have mm-hmm. is open to everybody else on planet Earth. Right. But you got to go through the system. Right. You have to go through the system. You're that's not coming in here illegally. Right. That's Wherever the, you come from on the planet. That's the piece that needs to be the little shovel of, and there's no more magnet for you. There's no more reason for you to come here. Instead of that being the reason, what needs to be a total education plan is, this is how you get in. Mm-hmm. If you don't do this, then you don't get in. Right. And if you're caught, you don't ever get to come back, legally or otherwise. We can always talk about that, but again, it's, it's the education front end. Eventually, education about how you can will easily trump all the reasons why you can't. Right. I mean, do you not agree with that? <sighs> no, because I think to begin with, the, the magnet has got to be turned off. The idea that you can come over here and get any kind of a benefit just for crossing Wait, how do you, the Wait, how do you get your driver's license? You have to go through uh, a state office. You have to, to show that you're a citizen. You have to get... Well, that's the thing. There are states that are already going around that illegally, like California. They just no, give a license. Stop to thinking forward so much. Go back to practicality. How do you get your driver's license? How do I get my driver's license? Yeah. I have to prove that I am a citizen. Mm-hmm. I have to give them... And that would be using my social security card. Mm-hmm. I have to present a birth certificate. Mm-hmm. I have to go through a process to end up getting my license. It's been so long since I went What else? You. you missed a whole bunch. Okay, Phil, what, what am I missing? Sure, current car insurance. Oh, yeah. You have to verify that the car you have is yours and or, and or someone else's that is allowing you to use that vehicle. Well, no, hang on a sec. Can you get a license if you don't have a car? Uh, yes, I guess I'm referring to license plates. Oh, license uh, plates. If, okay. If you walk in, your license to get license plates is going to be part of the solution. Okay. But so will having car insurance because I'll tell you what is a snap door. Okay. You do not walk into any, at least in this state. And several others that I know are very staunch about it. Mm-hmm. If you walk in and you're looking to get your license plate or even your stickers mm-hmm. and you don't have proof of insurance, right. guess what you don't walk out of the building with? With plates, tags. Yeah. Right. And so I realize that that's kicking the can down the street because now it's up to the cops to stop you and say, hey, man, where's your stickers or where's your new license plate because your tag's expired. Okay. I get that. But there is a piece in place. And you know most of it, uh-huh. but you would know most of it if you went inside of, let's say, a DMV and they educate you on it. Well, okay. yeah. You're going to find that, out in short order what it is that you need. Right. Well, that's what's missing. Okay. 
we can continue to turn people away as fast as humanly possible. But in their hand or something needs to be the education plan of, look, it's great that you've come all this way. We see your zeal to come into our country. You can watch on social media, on the Internet, and on every television in Mexico mm-hmm. how kick-ass the United States is. Right. But if you want to get in, piece of paper handed to insert name of person, right. Guadalupe, right. this is how you get into our country. Let me explain these five steps. Because I know it's not a bunch. Right. This It's very succinct. Mm-hmm. There are many detailed steps inside of the, the succinct steps, but they're there. Yeah. If that was the education plan, along with making sure that the people that are just coming here to either cause problems or are going to, quote, rush the border and the troops. Right. Making sure that there's a swift hand to make sure that that doesn't happen. Right. I, I, I realize I'm rosy colored glasses guy, <laughs> but after that, the rest of it should be very academic. There's something that I missed, and forgive me for doing this. Turning off the economic magnet also means turning on the reason for people. Like, okay, here's the question. Why do people leave their country to come to America? They're, they're coming for economic or they're coming, uh, largely at least in our hemisphere, from uh, gang activity or corrupt governments or both that, that end up driving them out. Okay, so I see a future where the American government works closely with, say, okay, the Honduran government and says you've got a problem with both your economy and with the criminal gangs that are ravaging your country. Either we train uh, your troops or have a volunteer force of ours come in and help you eradicate the criminal gangs. And at the same time, and this is what I really love this this idea, is like a kit is set up by uh, top entrepreneurs in our country, since government isn't going to know what the hell to do, to help go into these countries, these third world countries, and say, look, you've got all of these resources. You've got, you know, you could be a tropical paradise, tourist, blah, 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 whatever it is that you have to do. We're going to help you get that set up so that your people don't have a reason. that They want to stay in their country and help elevate it and help get businesses started. I read a book a long time ago uh, by Lawrence Sanderson. It was called The Tomorrow Files. It had some really neat ideas in it. Some of them were just whacked out. But one of them was is that uh, in the setup of this book, they talk about how the United States had ended up solving the state problem. They started basically offering franchises to other countries. It's like, you know, you do this, this, and this. You get these benefits, and now you can be like a satellite state of the United States. And maybe something along those lines creating commonwealth situations like we have in Puerto Rico or whatever. But in these other countries, if they were now like a commonwealth of the United States, if they were in that type of a protectorship, do you understand where I'm going with this? Does any of this make sense? Well, I, I do, mostly because it's it's happened several times in history. Um, there's several times where... By the way, uh, it's a great book. Yeah, there's several times in history where we even have what's happening now where the... United States military has rallied Mm -hmm. to go and make sure that an area is kind of secured. And then, of course, we're going to go in with our immense American resources and Mm -hmm. make sure that the the Commonwealth inside of an area or a country is all stabilized. Yeah. yeah, That we've even given them training from everything from uh, how to better teach schools, even build them schools. Right. Uh, We've even taught some of their uh, police forces to make sure that they know how to effectively police an area. Right. And... I know where you're going with this. I'll bet you know where I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah, I know. And I, I I, think the only thing I feel ashamed of is that back when it started, mm-hmm. after 9-11, mm-hmm. 
I was gung-ho, kick-ass boy. Mm. And looking back now, 20 years, yeah. what have we got? The nail in the coffin for everything that's going on inside of the Middle East. And it's not where I think we should leave and just drop Tron and it's all done. No, we're talking this side of the hemisphere. Our side, North America, right. South What America. you don't understand, though, is what I'm, I'm, what I'm telling you is happen, happened in Afghanistan. Right. It's happened in Iraq at least twice mm-hmm. in both areas mm-hmm. is exactly what will happen if we try and do that there. The difference <sighs> that is going to get way more bloody because not only are the people that are the rabble rousers slash mafia slash whatever. Right. They look just like the ISIS actors. The problem is that the ISIS actors in South America... They look exactly like the people that live there. Right. Like they don't. Would, they don't wave any black like it flags. Would be, like they, it would be, yeah, a serious intelligence venture to try and figure out a lot of who these people are. It's doomed. It's doomed. Yeah. The, the, the bottom line is that the resources that we have need to be focused on education, making sure the people that want to come in the country know how to get in the country appropriately. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, they don't come in, period, paragraph. And then making sure that whatever technology, manpower, resources, and processes in local, state, and national, and federal government mm-hmm. are all in place to make sure that those things happen. And if we don't have any one piece of those things, what we get is exactly what we got inside of Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah, I see where you're going, but the problem is that well, I see what that approach is, and, and you see it happening here. China trying to make inroads into Venezuela because they're such an absolute dumpster fire right now. And at some, some point you can see Maduro reaching his hand out going, yeah, absolutely, I want your help. And then all of a sudden we've got China, which has aspirations in the next 20 years of being the world power, now on our side of the planet. And I don't like that idea at all. So I really think that if you figure out what it is that is causing the cartels and the drug gangs you figure out how to cut off the money right and at the you, same time you, go you, after you, them physically you go, you go with kill troops. the taliban leaders and everything's going to be fine right it's it, it, no it's not even it's going to be just fine. one will string up after another except it's not out, just fine no you've got to figure out how to cut the money off you have to figure out how to cut off the reason <clears> for these gangs to exist and part of it i think is also arming the citizens of the countries uh, now how you find them I don't know. But all I know is that if we just batten down the hatches in our own country and really give up on trying to help any of these other countries out of becoming what Venezuela is becoming. Where where, where were the Contras from? Huh? Where were the Contras from, Wade? Oh, that was our messing around. Yeah. In in, uh, uh, Panama? With the countries? I don't remember. No, was that? Uh, Bottom line is that it's South America. Yeah, okay. uh-huh. And so I, 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 I don't know. How, I don't know how to be more plain. Is that all the stuff you're talking about? We have tried, and we have not only failed at it. I absolutely hate these words coming out of my mouth because I'm telling you, right. 2005, six, seven, rah, rah, everything that's going on in Iraq because I know we can win. Right. No. No, because the, we never because we never shut down the poppy fields. Which is the reason why there, anybody there, would be there to begin with. No, there is no one reason for anything that's going on anywhere. And that's what I'm saying. When you say all you got to do is figure out why the, why the mafioso inside of South America slash Guatemala mm-hmm. want to be inside of South America slash Guatemala. No, that is not the only reason. The reason that they are able to control and hold a place is because they're able to hold a control place. Because the if, citizens if you are think that there's, if you think that anybody inside the structure of mafioso inside of South America has a 12-year plan, no. you're out of your mind. No, that's day by day. By okay, day. Yeah. well, that's what I'm saying yeah. is that 
There, there is no one place to go and chop off a finger, and it's all great. Okay. There is no way to do that. So you don't think that if, if we did my idea of basically like a kit that entrepreneurs can take and go into all these the, countries and help them get like economies started and take advantage of their resources, and all, then at the same time like train local troops to 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 keep order? That it's not possible. Just about. It's okay. Here's the thing. Where did we go cha- wrong? Hold on. It's changed in the last decade, but almost every time that we airdrop, let's say, mass amounts of food, rice, right. for example, right. Every time that we airdrop mass amounts of support, Haiti, Puerto Rico, right, is the, probably the most recent. Yeah. Happened. Every time we airdrop something, there's always a mad race to go and grab it and control it. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's by the people that have absolutely no interest in fostering anything good in the country. Right. It's they want to line their pockets and yeah. have more power. Period. Paragraph. Right. Yeah. That's never going to change. There's not going to be some Valhalla area that we create inside of South America where all of the entrepreneurs rally together. Raw entrepreneurship. Let's do this. Where's Where's Mark What's-His-Face from the Shark Tank to come out and tell us how to figure out our country? That's not going to happen, dude. It's not going to happen. But what's the thing that's stopping it from happening? The, the entrepreneur kit deal? Yeah. Okay, well, one, who's going to pay for the entrepreneurial kits when you can't... Uh, here, wait, here's the perfect sample. Well, you, I, no, no, hold no, on. Okay, I am on. a small I know how to, business I know how to owner. Do it. I know how to do it. I know how to do it. Okay, well, tell me, because I'm super curious as a business owner. You tie the profits uh, to the businesses that are going to come out of to the entrepreneurs, so the entrepreneurs are getting a piece of what's going to happen in that country. Not, okay. not, 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 not a huge controlling piece, but a piece where they have some, where they've got skin in the game and a reason to go down and do it and make it happen. All right, Mafioso drives by the block of the people that are interested in rallying together and murders them all, and then puts all their heads on a pike at the border. Now what do we do? Mm. Because I'm telling you, that's exactly what happens. There's, got there's a reason there's why all those people are leaving. Cockroaches. There's got to be a way to do it. There's a reason why all those people are leaving, and I, for one, I don't believe that it's because of we have a murderous government. We must do something different. When they can all hold a forty dollars cell phone and look around and see pictures of everything that's going on in America, mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about. When when you say something like, "How do we turn off the magnet?" Cat's out of the bag, friend. Unless you find a way to shut down social media, there is no way to shut the magnet off. Because even a 20-year-old picture of Michael Jordan's sneakers, of sneakers that aren't even made anymore, Mm -hmm. a little tiny 8-year-old Guatemalan kid is looking at a picture of those right now going, one day, mama, one day. Yeah, yeah. And so how do we we kill that spirit? And the answer is, I don't want to kill the spirit. I want the spirit of that eight-year-old Guatemalan that's looking at the picture of the Michael Jordan shoes. I want to. I want to harness that spirit. I want to make sure he knows exactly the steps he can follow to be a member of this country. Okay. That can then escalate himself to go and shake the hand of the guy that had the shoes made. Right. By someone that probably works in his country for a cent an hour. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So that's kind of my point is that I, I want them all I want them all to come here. Right. But I want them to come in here legally. What about there's no, okay. process there is uh, th- that's the piece that I don't understand about why this is a big why is this a big question? There are let, let's shoot the middle. There are 15,000 people that want to come in our country. All right. I don't have any problem with that. But you don't get in unless you handing piece of paper with awesome goodies on it and a peanut butter sandwich. What about the whole Okay, now how do you feel about the idea of us uh, taking immigrants in on a merit basis? Define merit. 
Merit, you're bringing something. You have skills. You have money. You're bringing both. You have, in other words, you're bringing something of value besides your body, well, your I, kids. I don't want. I don't want anything to do with anything like that. Mostly because now we're Schindler's List. No thanks. Well, other countries are doing it. Oh, and they're having such a great time with it. Apparently, that's why we should be doing it as well, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, well, Gang, I can see that we are starting to run into uh, just <laughs> agree to disagree type territory. Well, the, the, the bottom line is that the, the big question is. Oh, no, wait, I got why, one more question for you. I got okay, one question. sure, yeah, yeah. What did you think of my idea on if someone go, is going to come in that they are sponsored? No. I give up. <laughs> the, I thought these were all the, great ideas. The, well, the sponsored part, it, it's against Schindler's List. Schindler's going to go spend every yeah, ounce of money that he can to get people no, out. There's, there's, there's no. The Nazis aren't chasing after Sure they them. are. Not in every they, instance. They, they can't go back to their country because of the terrible, murderous dictator that runs the place, quote-unquote. Well, not Why, why are they leaving? Are they leaving because it's a Saturday and we need a deeper tan inside of Central America? I'm just saying, before 1975, we used to take people in on the basis of they were bringing something. They were educated. They had skills. They had money that they were bringing. I don't understand how that's necessarily Schindler's List. Schindler's list was he picked a group of people. He just thought of his many. He, well, he as paid he right. He paid for people. I mean, right. he the, paid. Okay, the, he the paid bottom line is that he paid for people. It right. like, didn't have much to do with the skill set. Yeah. In fact, even uh, I realize that the movie is a movie made by Steven Spielberg and not us on the a fly on the wall on one of the people that was murdered in one of the ovens. Mm. But that's what we get to look at. And inside of that film, you can see that people that don't have skills, they don't have any idea what they're doing. But he put them in place so that it would look like they knew what they were doing, so that they would live. Why on earth wouldn't any of the people that are going to do exactly the same thing coming over the border into this country not do the same thing? But as a country, how does it benefit us to bring people in that aren't bringing a skill set, that aren't bringing, that are just bringing, uh, no offense, and I don't mean in this in anything other than just basic terms, ignorance and poverty. They, they don't have any, they, 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 a lot of them are coming from, like I said, a third sure. world set where they, they don't understand our technology, they don't understand our ways. Now, in the past, like when Europeans came over, when the Irish, that was the, the, the last real big mass of people that came over, uh, at least we had language in common, so they, they didn't have to teach them that. They came over without any benefits in mind. They just, they had an opportunity, and they made it, and they made it on their own. And I just want that for everybody. I don't want there to be a reason to come here and basically get a check and sit on your butt. That needs to stop, and until that doesn't stop, we're going to continue to have people trying to sneak in, get in any way they can. Because, look, it's, it's going on in Canada, and the same thing as well. Now, at the same time, now, with what uh, President Trump just brought up, how do you feel about ending the whole birthright thing? Because I think that needs to go as well. All right, so... The whole anchor baby thing. Okay, so back to the first point, or okay. the, the most recent point, or the second most recent point. The most important piece there that we're still... I don't know how to get it across to you is that all of those people have mm-hmm. every opportunity every single day of the year forever. Mm-hmm. Everybody that is coming in the caravan has opportunity. They all can come here, but they have to go through the process. That's already, it's already law. This is not, we're not inventing something new. It's not Trump down at the border, waving some new piece of paper that says, Oh, wait a minute. I want you to read this first before you come in. No, I'm, these, I'm, these are things that have been established forever. Right. No, I understand that the okay. people need to go through the process and I'm absolutely 100% with you on that. I'm just saying 
that I think that we should be trying to find people that are going to bring something here and help as opposed to just being a dead weight on. It's like, okay, here's a perfect example. Oh, no, hold on. No, wait, Before, before you get too deep, you have to flip that, though. So what you're telling me is that anybody that is discerned that has absolutely no skills or is ignorant, you can't come in. You're going to be the guy that tells them that, right? Why is that? I, I'm, I'm so sorry, but according to your test, you have no redeemable social value, and so you can't come into the U.S. No, it's not a redeemable social That's value. That's what you just said. No, no, not social value. What I'm talking about – now, if you've got a criminal record, you can't come in. If, if, if you have no skills and, you, and or are ignorant, you may not come in. You just said that. Mm, I don't know how that's social skills. No, I'm talking about, like, can you build anything? Can you can – you... Criminals can build. In fact, a lot of them are very skilled. That's why they're in jail. <laughs> or not in jail if you go south. Uh, anyway, what, what, that's, that's what I'm saying with the flip test. All you got to do is flip it. And if it doesn't work, then it wouldn't work either way. God, where did this? Go? how did this go so far off the rails? Well, look, I thought you, I had you, great ideas. You have, you have excellent ideas. The problem is that they're all ideas that need to be based on a foundation of Reality? protection. No, of no. protection to make sure we know who is coming in, why they're coming in, and who they are. Okay. And we've got all that, dude. That all all of the all of the military that's being erected right now. Imagine yeah. imagine in ten months uh-huh. if you could go. Okay, instead of the only places to quote be deployed mm. in the United States American military are the places that are set up right now. Mm-hmm. Well, how about all the places that are set up right now are potential options, as are these bases that are erected across the American border south. Mm. Okay. Why is this such a bad plan? Half of the places are, I won't say stone's throw, but inside of military vehicle duties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are a stone's throw from where right. these people are going to be going. Yeah. So why don't we have some more bases that are built to help police the border, to support ICE, to support all of the immigration protection people, get the technology that's built there so that when there is a breach or a problem, resources can be centered to that to deal with the problem. Mm. And I realize that what I've just said is, gajillions of dollars of effort but the big get of all of it is this it's here everything that we'll do for that effort benefits us okay including all of the people that come in because they've gone through the process and the ones that haven't they can come too but you got to go through the process okay now a part of the process and i remember i wrote this down somewhere in my notes don't you think that we need to have a serious English proficiency test as well? Like, if you're coming in, and I remember talking about this in other episodes, if you come in, you understand the language, you can write it, you can speak it, you don't have a criminal background, you don't have any infectious diseases, don't you think that that needs to be part of it? But we really need to have a common language. I, I, I absolutely believe that. I, I mean, any other language, any other country you go to, if you go to Mexico, if you don't speak Spanish, you're SOL, as you should be. But this country's common language is English, and I don't think we're doing ourselves any favor with getting away from that. I mean, look at Canada, just the issues they have with being bilingual. So I think that that needs to be part of it as well. And so what, what do you propose other than you must learn English? What, what, is, what is the plan for that? So in six learn months you, you will – Learn it before you come over. Okay, and so you got to be proficient in how many words to come over the border? I don't know. Well, see, you can't say I don't know. 
Dude, become the eight-year-old boy for a second. Uh-huh. Hello, eight-year-old boy. Would you like to come to America? Yes, I am Job. No, okay, no, hold no, on, no. hold that's, on. That's Stop. a kid. That's different. I'm talking well, adults. Well, whatever. Okay. But it's a kid. The kid's yeah. tethered to probably at least one adult. Right. So let's say the mom. Hey, mom of child. Hey, what's up? That's a cool Jordan shoe picture. Mm. Hey, mom, it's, it's nice to meet you. How are you? How proficient in English are you? I am Job. Okay, so you're not there yet. Mm. In six months, and this can all be written in whatever language, however many pamphlets need to be. Right. In six months, you need to be able to walk in and have a conversational language of English in the, in the span of a thousand words, all of which can be verified by giving them a that's sample. It. You just said a thousand words. That's that. That's okay, well, the, that's what that's I'm saying limit. is that you, you have okay. to establish something. All right. Okay. You can't just go, you must learn English. Hell, the president can't talk English half the time. <laughs> So, you know, as long as you know the word huge, are you okay to come on in? No. <laughs> so, it, it's, it, again, it's okay, about, fine. It's so about a establishing a, it's so about you know establishing a, a standard. Chances are that you can be able to work just fine. Okay. Okay. All so, right. there's one check mark. Big old okay. check mark. Yay for Wade Sense. <laughs> All right. So, you got to know the language. What's the other one? No infectious diseases. That's a blood test. You That's have a to blood be, test. That's you a... have to be willing to submit to a blood test. Are those people going to be cataloged? If they've got a disease, they can't come in. Or Wrong answer. Oh, good God. They're going to be cataloged. The answer is yes. Okay. Doesn't matter if they have a disease or not. They're going to get cataloged, right? Oh, either way. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. Okay. Now we're going to have to get over the hump of making lists of people again. Because you remember the last time we were making lists of people. Oh, not everything boils back into Nazi Germany, though. You're the one that said Nazi Germany, not me. Well, of course. I mean, you you only have to know a little bit of history to see where that was going. Right. Okay. So there's that one. What was some of the other ones you said? Uh, criminal background slash yeah. history. Yes. Okay. So how do you verify that? Mm, yeah, here, that's... here are fourteen thousand people, all of which have the clothes on their back. Right. Immense bo that's way stronger than anything you're proposing about the smell warfare <laughs> crap. That's. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the way it's going to go. And maybe a semi vehicle. Uh-huh. So. How do you how do you intend to gate all of these people and know whether or not they're criminal or not? Ah, uh, that part I don't know. Okay, that's a big one. Yeah, it is a big one. It is a big one because you know what we're going to have to go back to, don't you? What lists of people? Because somewhere there is a list of all of these people. Okay, well, how is that a bad thing though? I mean, if you, the, hold on. Hang a second. As an American citizen, you are part of a number of lists that oh, yeah. our government has. Sure. Okay. So if there are people that are coming in or people that are wanting, why shouldn't you have lists of them as well? Well, I'll, give, if you, someone says I'll give you the big one. And it's I always I think of this every time I hear, hear the word list because I hear my dad saying it. All right. The big one is you clearly do not own a firearm, correct? No, I don't. Okay. Well, that's one of the reasons why you don't feel a need to not be on a list. Okay. Because I understand that's, that. I mean, I watched Red Dawn like everybody else my age. I know exactly what you're talking right. about. Right, and that's a very extreme sample, but it's yeah. one of the most important. Right. Because of the things we're talking about, there's nothing about, oh, my God, he's got an STD. Oh, my God, he doesn't know English. None of that's in the Constitution. No. You know what's in the Constitution? Right to bear arms. Yeah. So that's why the list thing is such a hot topic. Not for everybody. It's not for you, apparently. But that's why being on a list of any kind is always an an interesting lead for anything. And as long as all those people that want to come into the U.S. are willing to be on one, awesome. If they're not, no problem. Mexico is that way. I hear the beer and lime is great. (laughs) Skill set. Hey, Marie, let me talk to your... Hold on, kid. Let me talk to your mom. Go play with your phone. 
By the way, how are you connecting to your phone to the internet? Interesting. I guess we'll get to that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, hey, Marie, uh, or Guadalupe, I think was her name. Yeah. Guadalupe, I'm curious. What kind of skill sets have you got? Donde esta la pluma? You know, what? what we would have to ask her that in yeah. Spanish or whatever they're speaking there. Right. And she would say, oh, I, yeah. I was a prostitute. <laughs> or, you know, I make shoes. And, okay, no problem. So how do we verify that? Are we going to have little cobbler stations to have her go and cobble some shoes together so we can verify that she can actually make shoes? Yeah, there's definitely some trust involved here. How about the uh, rocket scientist that's coming across? I'm so disappointed. I thought I so thoroughly thought this I am through. rocket science. Okay, <laughs> awesome. That's great. Why don't you come on over here and help us lift a rocket <laughs> off the ground? That's the thing, Wade, is that for all the solutions we want to find, you have to remember. Do you have any idea what level of disappointment I am in right now? I swear to God. (laughs) I don't want you to be disappointed. I was so proud of myself. I thought I thought of everything, and and I'm just, you're just like throwing me into the dish. Dude, you thought of a lot of really great ideas. Uh huh. The problem is that when you get to the core of it, Mm -hmm. the core is that there are systems, people, personnel, and programs in place that should take care of all this caravan crap that's going on right now okay they just have to be put in place and implemented okay well i got one final question for you what do we do about the 22 million that are here right now illegally what would you do i'd look at all the wondrous lists that we have now uh well one i'd like to look at that number because is it that porous or is it a number that's being read by somebody because all of those numbers I think they've are done based a on of demographics and surveys and right. yeah. And so I, well, I mean, look, it, look how many years they said twelve million. How many years did they say there were twelve million? That was the idea that they came up with. Right, but it's like polls inside of politics. You and yeah. I've been talking about that right. a bunch tonight yeah. because right. we're in the throes of political elections here. Yes, and I, I just don't, I don't buy them because when we get done with elections. We can never see anything that fosters those results. Mm. My God, look three days before the last presidential election. Oh, yeah. And yeah. You, you tell me what poll was being taken then, other than Ann Coulter walking up and saying, Donald Trump's going to win the presidency. Right. Other than that, who was on the, on the side of going, and soon it's going to be welcome President Trump? And the answer is not a whole lot of people, especially right. inside of the media circle. Right. Well, that's what I'm talking about. To address a problem, we have to know what the actual problem is. Uh And I think when they start quoting numbers like that, how are we going to implement a solution if we don't really know that that's a number? Okay. I'm completely out of bullets. Okay. (laughs) Click, click. Click, click. People, we really, really, I really, really want to hear what it is that you have to say about this because I thought I so thoroughly thought this through and Mike just completely threw me in the ditch. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you asked to poke holes. Right? No, I know. Boy, but God, you poke so many holes, this thing is going under. So, yeah, we would love to hear from you. Please go over to wadesense.com and uh, give us your thoughts, your suggestions, and let me know if I'm just completely off my rocker and Mike's completely on. Can't wait to hear from you. Guys, we will be right back. Please do not leave. This show is jam-packed with topics and ideas. Be right back. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with The Editor Core. Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. 
Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Take the usual podcast hosts and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the Podcast Matrix hosting and experience a completely different world of podcast hosting. What is the podcastmatrix.com? Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. For most, Friday the 13th means Jason Voorhees. What a lot of people don't know, however, is that there was another Friday the 13th, the television series. Join your podcast hosts, Mike and Nick, as they review the search for cursed antique goods during a perspective review of Friday the 13th, the series. It's the Curious Goods Podcast. Check it out now at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Welcome everybody back to Wade Sense. Mike and I have a number of segments that we feel really work well in this show. And one of our favorites is a topic called dummy codes and dummy codes is all about laws that need to be put in place to protect us from other people's stupidity. I came across uh, something on my Instagram feed uh, from one of my regular posters and I was literally dumbfounded. I have to read you something and I want you to understand something. I don't believe at all. And I know Mike doesn't believe at all really in this whole ridiculous concept of white privilege. But there's one thing that I can say. I don't think that anyone expects just because that you're white, that you have to vote a certain way, that it's just, it's expected of you. There's, there's at least that freedom. I came across something that was absolutely different. I know that we're all familiar with what's going on with Kanye West, how he's gone back and forth, and now he's just abdicated his position and said that he was used, and now he's going to go back to just being creative. And now, oh, well, oh, so yeah, by the way, these are the things I agree in, and I'm also for gun control. I just shook my head, and it's like, 
fine, go be a narcissistic flake, whatever. But then this person, this poster of mine, put this post up, and, and, and I have to read it because it just blew my mind. A duh. This is from Mima Loves America, and she says, This is my thoughts on Kanye. We should allow him to return to the plantation and acknowledge him for attempting to leave. Harriet Tubman had to carry a shotgun with her to make sure cowards didn't turn back and give their position away. Being a black, quote-unquote, conservative is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. There have been plenty of times I wanted to go back to the Democrat plantation just to be with my old friends and have a normal black life. My life has been threatened by gang members. I had to move out of my home. People called my job harassing me. I've lost jobs. Had former employers call board members telling them that I'm a Republican and not to hire me. I've had pastors disinvite me because I preach against abortion and hip-hop. Churches have had meetings to keep me out of their pulpit. I lost everything but Christ. My wife that has been with me since I was 14, my children and my Facebook friends that have helped me and encouraged me to keep running towards freedom. The path from the Democrat Party to freedom in Christ is not easy. Kanye made it look simple, but we're not millionaires. Leaving will cost you something. You will sacrifice something. Most will not make it. It has taken me four years to get to this place of restoration. If it wasn't for other Christian conservatives coming alongside of me, I would not be here. This is exactly how Harriet Tubman was successful. Other Christians coming alongside of her providing a way of escape. So let Kanye go back in peace. He joins the ranks of Steve Harvey, Ray Lewis, and many that tried to leave but received black lashes for attempting to think for themselves. Kanye has served his purpose by letting the whole world see what blacks will do to you when you decide to leave the Democrat Party. I read that and I was just, I was dumbfounded. I just, today in 2018, if someone black says, yeah, I'm done with this, doesn't make any sense, I'm voting Republican, the weight that comes down on them is, it, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I don't even know how dummy codes would be used in this instance, but to just think that if you have a position that is different than your so-called community, that they just ostracize you, uh, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. What, what do you think, Mike? I kind of think you're being naive, mostly because since anybody could whistle the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer song, the ones that didn't join in any reindeer games were the ones that were ostracized because they had the red nose. And in this case, the red nose is being conservative. How is that? No, no hold on. Wait a minute. That's, that's a made up fairy tale. And this is real life situation where people have a difference of opinion. Difference and... of opinion is the shiny red nose, dude. Okay. No, I get the comparison. It, it, but it's it... the shiny red hat on Kanye's head. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Nailed that one. Um, I just, I still, in fact, if Kanye hadn't put the hat on, I'll bet you there'd be a whole lot less problem. So he could have had his position, but just the hat was the thing that tipped it over. Dude, his wife was in the White House, what, two, three months ago, talking about helping people in prison, blah, whatever? Right. Everybody's rallying around her. She didn't care that she was in the White House talking to Trump. Right. She's in there preaching things that she wanted to get done, and there was a whole lot of rallying around it because it's helping to get this, I think it, uh, forgive me the details, but if I'm not mistaken, it was a, a grandmother that was in on a... On a drug a, charge. It was a legitimate drug charge, yeah. but it was not like, she's not Noriega. No. She, she, she made a mistake, mm -hmm. and it's a thick mistake. Mm -hmm. And the way that the system was built, she's obviously underneath this torrent of jail time and languish i mm, get it yeah but everybody was behind kanye's wife yeah now kanye goes in there slaps on the hat and i mean like 
I, I'm, I'm a really good interpreter because I used to be one. Right. I don't know that I could actually decipher what Kanye was talking about. It's clear to me that Kanye has real legitimate problems when it comes to cognitive abilities. Yes, yes he does. I'm not saying he's stupid. I'm not saying that he's lesser than anybody else. But there is clearly something going on there. There is a there is a there is a condiment tray and they've all been jumbled mm-hmm. and I don't know what to tell you is actually inside of Kanye's tray. Right. No, I, I don't either cuz you're right. <clears throat> there's there's definitely something wrong in how he's his engine and the other cars aren't not all hooking up together right. Right. They're all there. There's yeah. absolutely something going on, but being able to discern exactly what's going on, I think that that's the same on both sides. Okay, but okay, now that's Kanye, it, and you're absolutely right, but what about the other people that she listed at the end of the post? You know, Steve Harvey, I remember the same thing. He tried to have a conservative position, and he was. He was just blasted. You mm-hmm. know, there, There's absolutely no tolerance in at least the, 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 the public part of the black community that is tolerating taking a different position. Now, there is an, uh, a meeting that just took place, and of course they've got absolutely no notice, of young black conservatives that just met, over 400 of them, uh, and they were in the White House, actually got a chance to uh, talk to the president, and they were out there publicly with megaphones uh, outside the White House saying, look, this is how we believe, this is how we feel, and nobody gave them any attention whatsoever. Same thing just happened with the um, right. So the with the hashtag the left wing media didn't cover them. No, why are at we, all. Why are we surprised? It's just it's absolutely amazing. This is the, this, it's not this amazing, am- Wade. It's just it's just not. The the sample would be you are a product of a mixed marriage. Mm-hmm. Your wife is black. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that at some point you and or her or both of you together or anyone in your family mm-hmm. has ever felt somehow ostracized because of that. It's fair. Happened. Yeah, it has happened. Okay, so. Now, are you surprised? <sighs> to some degree, considering how far along we are in history, yeah. But I, um... I can't imagine that you're surprised. The reason? Because it's something different. This leans right back into my Rudolph and the Reindeer games. Yeah, okay. okay. The reason that Rudolph got picked on isn't because of his goony voice. It was actually a woman in the cartoon. Yeah. It's because Rudolph had a red nose and was different than anybody else. Exactly. That's it. Okay. It's something different. It's something fundamental that's inside of all of us. If there's something different, it instantly gets scrutinized somehow. Now, taking it to that next echelon where you then are ostracized from a community, you get your death threats, you get your cars destroyed or blown up, all that other stuff, that's another echelon, obviously. Right. But it's all based on the predication of something is different. Yeah. Well, I'd, uh, I read a story as well, also probably one of the biggest reasons that Kanye uh, uh, left his position was it's really hurting his business. Sure. Both his shoes, his clothing industry. It's tough to have a clothing line for African-American people when none of them want to support you. Not, not surprisingly, it, it, this is where I was going to go when you mentioned Steve Harvey. Yeah. The bottom line about Steve Harvey and the other people that have, quote, changed direction mm-hmm. is that it's a path of least resistance to success. Mm. You get that, right? Right. No, I do okay. get that. Okay. It's it, hard to have a position if it ends up hurting your pocketbook. Absolutely. Basically. Especially when it's, when it's one that's just perpetual. Steve Harvey is on... I don't know, 8 million different shows that are all going to go to syndication? Yeah. Well, do you want people watching your shows, or do you not want people watching your shows? Yeah. Now, eventually, he'll get to a time where, you know, his pocketbook doesn't care. And far enough along in age, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah You'll find out that he'll turn very much like the Mike Rowe sample. Mm. Yeah. Where Mike Rowe now kind of says what he wants to say, and if you don't agree with him, he doesn't really care. Yeah. He's yeah. just going to make sure that his perspective is shared. And that in general, conservatism is fostered. Yeah. Because he knows that that is a path to something rather than a path to destruction. Those are his words. Okay. Well, Mike, that was my dummy code. Do you have one? I do. 
Mine is incredibly dumb. A code, <laughs> a code must be issued quickly. Okay. I can remember when I was 16, 17, and 18. Uh-huh. I remember cruising on a strip called Highway 100. Okay. It's where the very first blockbuster video wow. was erected in my neighborhood. <laughs> and so... I, untold hours were spent either in the back seat or driving or in the passenger seat, shotgun, uh-huh. of a car yeah. driving to and fro, being pulled over by the police, told to get out, stop cruising this area, blah. Eventually, they just erected signs and make it, made it illegal so you couldn't do that anymore. Oh. But always, there was the friendly, welcoming knowledge that I could go to Blockbuster Video on Highway 100 to go and grab a movie. Yes. One of my favorite movies... Especially when I became 17, mm-hmm. was Bolero with Bo Derek. <laughs> For those that have not seen the Academy Award winning efforts of Bo Derek inside Academy of Bolero, fantastic acting. Incredibly act, incredible acting. <laughs> the sheen on her skin is just worth every award known to man. All right. So that's established. We've established that I'm 17 years old. We realize that I have clearly. A problem with the movie Bolero, yeah. though I didn't have any problem with the movie Bolero. Right, not at all. However, what I do remember was a bunch of happy time with the movie Bolero. Yes. Unfortunately, the new dummy code needs to be issued for something that's now become the newest fun time option. Okay. Sex Robot Brothel. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Isn't that like Uber You gotta lame? be kidding me. I, 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 again, I, I, I can't go back to the list of Mike Wilkerson rentals from Blockbuster to determine how many times I actually rented and then somehow steam cleaned my VHS tape of Bolero. But when I started reading this note on Drudge recently about a sex robot brothel in Las Vegas, yeah. I could not quite believe what I was viewing until, of course, I clicked on a video. Oh, and inside of the video is, we're just going to call him Earl, because of course he's got to be called Earl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Earl is the guy that the brothel owner allowed him to take home one of these sex robots uh-huh. to treat as, quote, he will uh-huh. for a period of seven days. Yeah. And so Earl gets on this very short two-minute video that's featured... I guess we'll link over to it. Uh, yeah. I feel kind of dirty talking about it, but not any more dirty than I feel talking about Bolero. Bolero. <laughs> and anyway, the gist is that Earl says that he and this uh, Harmony is her name. Okay. Which is awesome. Harmony, the sex robot, have had sex now five times in the last seven days. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> and he's, he, he actually says the words, she's held up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> And and I just realized to myself that, you know, what what the hell is going on here? And where is the dummy code for all of these people and the city governments, if there were any, that were in charge of authorizing something like a sex robot brothel? Uh, all of the details of which to go and, I guess, experience this okay, so are going to be available via one link that we have for the show notes inside this episode. Well, let me, let me, okay, let me play a devil's advocate on this. One, at least it'll keep these people from breeding. <laughs> 
two, there is no harm being done. It's just you're a complete loser, and I would not ever let anybody know I did it. I read the same story. Did you read the part where they were talking about how there were people that were waiting to be the first in history to have sex with, to take the virginity of one of these dolls? Yeah, the virginity of the piece that's been replaced because the other one's been ruined by Earl. Yeah, I read that too. <laughs> you know, it, again, I just don't get it, and it absolutely needs to be the recipient of a dummy code. Of a dummy code. There's no question in my mind. Dummy. <laughs> dummy code. Folks, if you have something that is worthy of a dummy code, please let Mike and I know. Uh, we, we, we love just shaking our head in a basement. Uh, um, Not nearly me. enough as Earl like shaking her head, apparently. <laughs> YouTubery is a segment that uh, I, I don't know about Mike, but I once again waste way too much time once I do get onto YouTube. But it is it's, it's crazy some of the things you find. Now this my first segment or my first choice I didn't find on YouTube. I actually found uh, on my Pandora channel. It was uh, uh, solo pianos, I believe is the section. But there was uh, a song on there from two gentlemen playing cellos called Two Cellos. Mm -hmm. And it is Lucas Sulik and Stefan Hauser. But they did a version of uh, Hurt. And it was so powerful. Just, just the two gentlemen playing their cellos. And I just started thinking, it's like, I love... Hurt the R.E.M. song? Huh? Hurt the R.E.M. song? No, no, Hurt from uh, Trent Reznor, Nine, Nine Inch Nails. Not familiar with it. Uh, uh, Johnny Cash did the same thing. He did a version also. Okay, right, right I got you. You know yep. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Okay, and, there, and I love it when artists will do that, and then they'll cover each other's music. But it just it occurred to me, it's like, it's so cool. It's such a powerful piece of music. If you listen to uh, Trent Reznor's version, and then you also, and then you listen to... The one that Johnny Cash did, and then now this one for two cellos, it, just, it really transcends it. And it got me thinking about other pieces as well. It's like, have you ever heard the version of uh, Sound of Silence from, um, well, not, not Simon and Garfunkel, but uh, the guy Disturbed. from Disturbed? Mm -hmm. Yes. That is actually better than the Simon and Garfunkel, I think. It's just absolutely amazing. But I love it when artists do that. My other piece is, and this, this made me smile, in the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, they have a special unit where there's where they train their dogs. And in this instance, they've actually used a soldier who has Down syndrome that they found that he fits just perfectly in dealing with the dogs. And, and I, I absolutely love that, and uh, I, I wanted to share that with uh, our audience. So those are my two pieces. Cool. I've got a couple of YouTube notes as well. My first one is going to be a link to... The soundtrack to First Man. We're familiar with First Man? First Man, First Man. It's a feature film that's just been released over the course of the last month. It is essentially the biopic of uh, Neil Armstrong. Hmm. I'm smitten with the movie, but I'm even more smitten with the soundtrack that is, it's just, it's extraordinary. And that's why we're going to link up to it inside the show notes for this episode. Okay. You can listen to the whole soundtrack on YouTube for free. So you definitely should. Okay. All right. My second YouTuber, I think we're going to point over to, we've talked about him a couple of times before. His name is Rick Beato. And Rick Beato is a musician and producer of music of all different kinds. Okay. Um, he has many 
famous songs wrapped in leather inside of a library. It's very stupendous. No, he's he's very good. And one of his one of the series of videos that he does inside of his YouTube channel is called "What Makes This Song Great." I can't remember which one I've mentioned before, but I've mentioned one of them previously. And the most recent one is uh, a focus on Tears for Fears, Head Over Heels. Okay. And those that haven't heard the song, you're going to understand why you need to hear the song broken down in step, specifically by Rick Beato and why the song is so great. Okay. The neat part of the song is that he actually is able to lift the tracks out <clears throat> separately so that you can hear... You can hear what you usually hear when you hear the song, mm -hmm. but then he's able to separate out the keyboards mm -hmm. and separate out the vocals mm -hmm. and separate out the guitar mm -hmm. and separate out whatever the hell else. Okay. And him breaking it down as to what you're hearing, mm -hmm. what I love about it is that he shares vocabulary that I still, after listening to him for over a year, over 48 episodes of this particular series, I don't actually know what he's saying. <laughs> but it Just doesn't matter. in the weeds. Right. Yeah. It, but it doesn't matter. Uh -huh. Because he's he's breaking it down and telling you why this song hits you. Mm -hmm. And he's absolutely right. There there are words that he uses. Mixolydian is one of his favorite ones. Hmm. And I don't I I still don't know what it actually means. Mixolydian. Mixolydian. There'll be a link to it in the show notes. You don't have to write okay. it down. All right. <clears throat> Wade. <laughs> Yeah, Mike saw me going for my pen. <laughs> anyway, that was a great song. It was a great song way back then in uh -huh. 1985. It's still a great song, and now I have a much deeper appreciation of it, thanks to Rick Beato on YouTube. I took a music appreciation course in college, one of the few ones I remember. And I remember learning how to listen to music and take it apart listening to the... the any song I listen to anymore now, I start taking apart and, listen, and listening to the, the instruments as I hear them pop up so that's you, cool to be able you to you would really that. appreciate this i think maybe one that we talked about before was the police and everybody can if you don't know all the lyrics you can sing almost all of them to every breath you take hmm. you don't know what you're hearing when you hear that song you need to we'll link up to that one as well okay because what he does is he he it's like taking a, a bowl of spaghetti and he literally stretches out the strands of noodles and songs mm -hmm. and he tells you what you're hearing that you didn't even know was there. Okay. And that, that, that's the one that is a, an incredible light bulb moment. In fact, I, I think we've actually mentioned that one before. Okay. But that's why. is, You know, you think, okay, there's a big bass, there's a rhythm guitar, and there's some drums in that song, right? Right. Wrong. There's all kinds of other things inside that song that you just don't know you're listening to. And now you Other instruments that I can't recognize? Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. There's not just a big bass that Sting is slapping and right. doing awesome on front of yeah. it. And then there's Andy Summers with the guitar, duh. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, you got the drummer that's in the back wailing on the drums. Right. There's all kinds of other stuff that you don't even you don't even realize you're hearing. So they're adding post-production or something? Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. It, it's, it's astounding, though. And the only reason I know about it is because of Rick Beato. Okay. So we'll link up to that inside the show notes for this episode. I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Folks, what have you found on YouTube? We would absolutely love to know. Please go over to wadesense.com and Taxi! let us know. Wisdom of the Ages was an idea that I had where I really wanted to find pearls of wisdom that have managed to stick out all through our history. And I try to go back, well, we try to go back as far as we can and 
find them and then examine them in the light of modern day and see if they still hold true. And for the most part, uh, we've been pretty successful at it. This time I did something different. It was actually a book that I found recently. Uh, actually, my daughter gave me when I was in the hospital. Do you ever remember the, uh, it was a poster for a while, and apparently it was a book that I didn't know. Uh, all I really needed to know I learned in kindergarten? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. the author's name is Robert Fulham, and he also wrote a book called, Uh-Oh, Some Observations from Both Sides of the Refrigerator Door. And you're thinking, yeah, I can kind of grasp that. I want to read a, a, a real quick uh, passage from it, and it's, it's, it's Wisdom of the Ages. Sure. Refrigerators. On a very local scale, a refrigerator is the center of the universe. On the inside is food essential to life, and on the outside of the door is a summary of the life events of the household. Grocery lists, report cards, gems of wisdom, cartoons, family schedules, urgent bills, reminders, instructions, complaints, photographs, postcards, lost and found items, and commands. When the word garbage appears there, somebody had better move it and soon. The door of the refrigerator is a chronicle of current events not found on TV or in the daily newspaper. I thought that was really cool because, now I don't know about you, our, our refrigerator is just kind of frozen. <laughs> a lot of what's on there has been on there for five years. I really need to go through and make a lot more of it relevant. But it really is true. It's like it is the center of your house, which is the center of, of your, your, your universe. And the food is in, inside will tell you something about the people that are in the house. And the events on the outside tell you what is going on in that particular universe. I just thought that was really cool. I wanted to bring that to everybody's attention. Interesting. Interesting. Did you have something, Mike? Yeah. I, I, I'm I, trying to figure out where the pearls of wisdom need to come from what I'm about to tell you. But <laughs> Okay. Recently, I was listening to another of Joe Rogan's podcasts. Okay. And he and... He and either his guest or his producer mm -hmm. were talking about how Johnny Depp has now been, quote, retired from Disney and will not be Jack Sparrow inside the next Pirates what? film. Oh, that's yeah. going to sink like a rock. Yeah, but I didn't like him in the last two. Oh, I probably haven't seen them. I'm so far behind and the movies. So it's kind of my point is, you know, obviously for Depp, it would be another gravy train mm -hmm. for him to milk and then usher in another $500,000 dollar bill for wine for the last year. Right. So I get it. The gist is though that I don't have a problem with it. And so the, the very often those things that somehow seem to go against the grain. Wah, what? Mm -hmm. Johnny Depp's not going to be Jack Sparrow anymore because of Disney? What? Yeah. 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 That's the factoid. Mm -hmm. And that little knowledge, that little going from what might be perceived as outrage to just going, okay, and then moving on to the next thing. Mm. That's my sage piece of wisdom to share inside this episode is that how outraged do you want to get about something that has almost no impact on your life? You know, even the most strident fan of Pirates of the Caribbean mm -hmm. that dresses up at Halloween or even maybe at family events as Jack Sparrow yeah, because they revere him so much. Mm-hmm. How big is that going to impact your life that he's not going to be in the next movie? Not really. I think I was more impacted when uh, Harrison Ford was no longer playing Jack Ryan in Tom Clancy movies. That bothered me. Yeah, but he's just too damn old, man. Yeah, and that's the thing. That I mean, actually uh, ended up driving Harrison Ford off of the last set that he was on because he got so sick and tired of Tom Clancy saying, he's just so old. Well, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that, though, because he either. is. I don't either. He uh, that and Indiana Jones. I don't. I don't want to remember broken hip Jones. Mm, yeah, I don't. I as much as we're gonna see a five. Or, mm -hmm. 
They're yeah, doing another as, one? Yeah. As much as we're going to see a five, I don't want to see a five if it's Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Yeah, I was going to have a stretch. If I had my druthers, I, would, I don't want to see any more. Mm. I want to remember the three films and the adventures of young Indiana Jones that reside in my memory as Indiana Jones. Yeah. And that's it. I, I, I don't want to go back. I don't know. There were parts of me that did enjoy the fourth one. I know that so many people thought it was just an abomination, dumpster fire, apocalypse, you know, all of that. There were parts of it that, that, that I did enjoy. But, uh, you know, hopefully with, if, with Disney making this decision, Johnny Depp will have some kind of uh, come to Jesus, wake up moment, and go back to doing others. Because he is an amazing actor. I would love to see him do other stuff. He does characters fantastic. Have you seen him recently? Looks kind of like a translucent baby chicken. Well, you know, makeup will do wonders. And he's still a great actor. They'll, he'll find something. If he's alive. Yeah, well, yeah, that is true. If he's alive. Robert Downey Jr. came back, and you know, you, you just you, you can't write some folks out. Hopefully the talent will shine through. I have one more for Wisdom of Ages. And, and out of humility, this is actually something that I came up with. I had an epiphany, and it just it hit me last night. Mm-hmm. Logic is colorblind. Emotion is not. You stop and think about it. Logic doesn't care about anything other than coming to a logical conclusion. But emotion clouds logic. And it's more concerned with things that, in the end, don't matter as much as coming to a logical conclusion. That is me. That is, that's Wade Bielsen. I came up with that one last night. Folks, we're about to end the show, but there's one thing that I wanted to add Mike and I, I know me in particular, I find inspiration, ideas, moments where I just go, hmm, all over the place. Uh, This is a new segment we're calling Stuff That We Learned on Social Media. This is from a poster of mine, a friend of mine in a Facebook group. And she put the reason that we need the Electoral College. And it shows that there was a study that was done that... 16.4 million people honestly believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Like, in all seriousness. And I'm just reading that, my jaw drops, and it's like... Come on, seriously, are we? Are, is there really that many people that are that are that ignorant? Even if I, you didn't grow up on a farm, I think you read that on social cows. media. But learning from something on social media, uh, uh, where's the study for that? And and when no, was actually, the, when was the no, study? No, it issue? didn't actually come from a study, but like an idiot, I didn't bother. To, I didn't write that part down. Okay, well, so it is an actual survey. It is an actual study. I want to see it. There's your homework. I'll, okay, I'll find the information. I will that, that get it actually to you. That, that helps jog me into a segment that I had forgotten we were going to include. So you've helped me remember something. Awesome. Go Here ahead. is my segment of what I learned on social media via YouTube recently. Okay. All right. For time immemorial, the story has been told in politics of the burglar that's walking across a skylight crashes through the skylight of a house and lands on the butcher block holding a knife. And then the thief sues the homeowner and takes them for everything that they have. Mm, I've heard this study. Yeah. Okay. It's fake. Really? It never happened. Thank there God. is no such thing. Thank God. Ever. We'll link up to the video that talks about that as well as a number of other things inside of the lawyer reviews liar liar part one and then part two eventually will come that's right that was from that movie well no i don't know that it was but it's something that he talks about inside of there and it's not real it's it's something that has been perpetuated forever 
Okay. Especially inside of political circles. And it does not exist. So just like in Wade's chocolate milk debacle. Yeah. Where brown cows. No, I, I just, I don't <laughs> believe that. And then you don't, the, you don't, well, you don't believe that people are that I don't stupid? believe that there are 16.4 million people on the planet that go, oh, only brown cows shed chocolate milk. No, I don't. Okay. Well, where's the study? You know what? I'm going to start asking my passengers. I want to know if there's anybody that I, actually I think that's that. great. And then, <laughs> again, the other takeaway from this segment is there has never been a case where a thief crashes through a skylight, lands on a butcher block, being speared by a butcher knife, and then sues the homeowner for everything that they have. Never happened, never going to happen. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm glad to hear that that didn't happen. You know, it's like you have to shed some, you have to have some final ray of hope for mankind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is another story that, uh, where did I, I don't remember where I read this now. I think it was just a post on Facebook. It was on social media, right? It was on social media. Absolutely. Okay. 76 year old tries to attack son with chainsaw. Son mows him down with a lawnmower. That actually happened. What city? Uh, I think it was in Florida somewhere. You think it was in Florida? Yeah. Really? How old were they? He's 76. I don't know how old his son would have been. Okay. But he tried to attack him with his... Tries to attack son with a chainsaw. Son runs him over with a lawnmower. I'd like to see the police report to that. Because... <laughs> oh, you're smelling bullshit? I call bullshit all over that, too. I don't... <laughs> I've heard some well, whoppers for sure. Well, but... Do you, you ever listen to um, Dana Lash? Because she has this regular segment called Florida Man, and it is just crazy real-life stories from the state of Florida. And it's 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 not too far off of what it was that I just read. It just sounds butcher block to me, man. Because, dude, we're you in know, the Midwest. Hold, now, hold on. There was another here. story that I, told, uh, that I haven't told you about yet. What? It's a story. You see, there's this guy. Uh-huh. He's dressed all in black. Uh-huh. Okay. He's walking along the roof of this house, right? And so he can he wants to be able to see inside the house. Yeah. So he walks over to this place where he sees light coming up from the from from inside the house. Yeah. And he looks over to it and he puts his hands on the glass and he puts his face up to the glass on the on the roof of this place. Uh-huh. And he crashes through the glass on the roof. And he lands on a butcher block with a knife in it. And it ends up sticking him, and he ends up suing the the place, the 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 house owner, for everything that they've got. Okay, now this. Oh no, wait. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. I I will do some research on this and see if it is real as well. Okay, gang. Well, once again, as always, we have had an absolute blast recording this. I I I think that you can hear it in our voices. We want to hear any crazy stories that you have, things that you've learned uh, on social media as well. Maybe we can pass it on. Gang, we're going to go, and I just want to say one last final thought. As always, you can make excuses or you can have results, but you cannot do both. My name is Wade B. Olson, and this has been Wade Sense.
Logic doesn't care about anything other than coming to a logical conclusion. But emotion clouds logic. You realize that your logic comment derails everything you spent the first hour and 15 minutes talking about, right? As it was pointed out, yes. Okay. All right. Just just checking. Just checking. Yeah, okay, Mike. You did it to me again. 